Eli, and you're listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast, hosted by my big bro, Nate Burdeen, where he speaks about the now generation, Jesus, and everything in between. Enjoy the show, and thanks for watching. Yo, welcome to the Youth of the Nation podcast, episode 26. Again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for checking the episode out. And today what we're going to get into is Black Panther. The year, it's it was a year anniversary this week of Black Panther and what, what it meant to me, what it means, and what the future of not just superhero movies, but honestly, I believe movies and for black boys that want to do great things in the entertainment industry. Like, what does that, what does that mean? What does that mean to go do movies and to do TV shows and why that movie changed not just me changed my heart but i know that it can help change the heart of so many people then i'll talk about something that's near and close to my heart pay less it's closing down it hurts it hurts real bad we'll also be talking about our lead well young leader will be rest versus laziness what's the difference what's the difference between godliness rest that he calls on that he calls us to be and slothfulness and laziness and as someone who runs into that again and again and again, I think I can kind of help speak into that and kind of help speak into the heart of what does it mean to be restful, to do what God has called us to do, and what does it mean to be lazy and to not do what God has called us to do. And then I'll talk about parents are everything and why parents are so important in youth ministry and a staggering statistic that comes from youth pastors that has to do around the topic of parents parents are everything sweet hey let's get into the episode again thank y'all for checking it out yo next we have the black panther uh wakanda forever and that was a terrible terrible black panther impression but black panther came out came out last year uh it was the year anniversary i think yesterday so the 16th came out the 16th and what does this movie mean to you, Nate? Man, when I watched this movie, honestly, I forgot who I watched it with. I know I went to the movie theater. So I watched this movie, and I'm and I and I just remember watching it in the theater, and I'm like, this is this is what I've been looking for my whole life. What do you mean? Yo, I didn't see superheroes that were my skin color. I didn't see superheroes who talked like me, who dapped each other up on the screen, who were black. (laughs) Like, I saw Cyborg, and that's, that's it. (laughs) Like, that truly is it. Cyborg was a Teen Titan dude, but I didn't see many black superheroes with main roles, right? Because... We can name a bunch of black sidekicks, but can we really name a lot of black main superheroes? So I remember watching Civil War, Civil War, and I saw the Black Panther and I said, oh, he's, he's, to me, he was kind of corny in the Black Panther or not in the Black Panther. To me, he was kind of corny in the Civil War and he was just so angry and you didn't know why, but it just didn't make sense. Plotline didn't make sense to me, but they gave him his own movie. And you, and you kind of got to see culture. And me as a black man, a black man who doesn't really know his culture, to see just a little bit of it. Like, again, I don't think that I saw 
all of my culture there. Like, I can't think that at all. But I do think that that movie helped show me, wow, these are some of the the traditions of my culture and some of the, the, the way my culture speaks and some people speak in my culture that I had no idea about. I don't know where I'm from. I don't know where my blood is from. I, I just I have no idea. I actually got this 23andMe thing that I'm about to take right now after this podcast and uh, we're going to send it in and see where I'm from. And we're going to share that on the podcast. It's going to be great. But yeah, I, I didn't know. So seeing that movie honestly helped with knowing who my, where my culture was and knowing where I was from a little bit. And honestly, just seeing a black superhero, seeing a black hero be the day or save the day, be the day, save the day. It was amazing. And what it meant for kids is I know it meant even more. I see little little young boys now saying, Man, I want to be like the Black Panther. I am the Black Panther. Not I'm I'm not not I'm Black Batman. And yeah, his name's the Black Panther, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> but you don't have you don't you no longer have to be a the black version of a hero. I'm the black Superman. I'm I'm the black Hulk. I'm the black this, I'm the black that. No. They straight up were just the Black Panther. And so seeing kids inspired by that has made me realize the impact that it doesn't just go into my generation to where I never saw a movie with a with a person of color. Some of these kids are saying, man, I don't know a movie where Black Panther wasn't in it. I don't know a time when a Black Panther wasn't the hero. And that's good. That's great. That's fantastic. We got to continue to make sure that Little black boys, little black girls, all heroes of all places can see themselves represented in the media that they're taking in. Do they see themselves in their movies? Do they see themselves in their TV shows? There's this guy named Belief. Uh, he's a rapper, Christian rapper. And he was starting this this GoFundMe with this uh, puppet. Uh, I think his name was Frank. And I don't know if he got the support. I actually need to check that. And I don't know where he's going with it. But he wanted to start a black puppet. It was a black puppet. And it was for black boys. Because we go and look at all these shows with puppets. And you know what we realized? Really quickly. A lot of these shows. They don't got black puppets. They don't got black girls. They don't got black boys. They don't got black heroes. And we look at these shows and we say. Man. There's no representation. So when kids are sat in front of the TV. They don't have no idea no one to identify with, right? So there's no representation. There's no identification. Like, no one can go say, oh, I see myself. I can be that. They're just going to say, nah, I'll just do it with something else. I just want to be this. I just want to be this. So, again, I think it means more than just, hey, I see a black superhero on the screen. That's really cool. This goes into the heart. Kids are calling themselves the Black Panther. I am the Black Panther. That's huge. Right? We know we don't believe in superheroes, but we know that we believe in heroes. We believe in that people that can change the world, people that can change the culture. And if you have people saying, hey, I am the Black Panther, I think that's a good, good, good thing to have. Because kids can begin to see themselves in these heroes and believe, hey, I can do this too. I can change it too. And what does it mean for the future? I think Black Panther for the future means Kids are going to start saying, hey, I can do what Michael B. Jordan is doing. I can do what, I can do what Chadwick Boseman is doing. 
Like, I can do what these people are doing because they're doing it well. Man, I know it's hard to think, and maybe this is because I'm, like, an adult. I think we are beginning to see black culture is becoming the po- the cool thing and the popular thing to be. Now, that's been for years. Man, I'm a, I've been talking to people. That's been for years. It's just been the cool thing. Like, people just want to be a part of this culture. But what hurts sometimes is they can't be a part of this culture. But now it's the cool thing to do. So now we're making movies. We're making TV shows. We're making diverse things. Not because maybe we want to, but because it's the thing that makes money. So the future is bright. But the future could be tainted by the people that don't have the right heart. So we got to make sure when these movies are being made that we have also black directors and black producers. Not saying that every white man and every white producer and every white director is the devil. That's not my goal here. But what I am saying is that when we can have it led from black directors. So not even, hey, I can be a black actor. No. Hold up. I I can be a black director. I can be a black producer. Like what? And it just goes even deeper than that. And yeah, it's more than just entertainment. It's I can do anything because I'm black. Man, if Chadwick Boseman can be the Black Panther, and then like the way he the way he changes the world, changes the room when he walks in, I can do that. So the Black Panther was a lot for me. I I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I won't say it's my favorite, just because again, the movie's great, but it's not a perfect movie. It's not a perfect movie, but the movie is great. And a lot of it, because of the reason I love the movie, is why? It's black people in it, and they're all in it. And there's the black villain, and the black hero, and the black side characters. It's just it's just great. Love it. The movie's unashamedly black, and that's what I, that's how I love. That's what I like. That's what I like. All right. Yo, I, I want to talk about, I know I said in my opening I was going to talk about Payless. Just real quick, Payless is liquidating stores. So it seems like the demise is coming. It's coming soon. Y'all, this is this is a sad day for me. I don't know if any of y'all know Payless. Y'all might be too... I don't know who be listening to this podcast. Y'all might got too much money for me. Y'all, you don't know Payless. Y'all know Pay More. A little bit too bougie. But um, before I got a job and I could make my own money, we shot that. Pay less for our shoes. No shame in the game. I, I remember actually, I remember going to Famous Footwear, like those stores, Famous Footwear, and Pay Less. And I got me some shoes, adult shoes. They were fire. Uh, but I broke them. I broke them. I think I actually just lost them. Like I totally lost the shoes. But I can remember going to Pay Less. Man, I'd get the black shoes, the white shoes. I would always get K-Swiss. And they were cheap. And I got maybe two pairs of shoes every time I went. It was great. Then I grew up and I said, uh, why are all these shoes 80 bucks or more? And why are the shoes I really want, the Jordans, the LeBrons, why are they $200? Why? Why Why is that a thing? And so I'm just speaking to culture a little bit. It hurts my heart a little bit. I don't know if y'all, any of y'all shopped at Payless, but Payless? Yo, that was the move for your boy. We were always at Payless. Every, it was every winter and every summer before school started. Up in that payless, just chilling like, yo, what shoes you getting, bruh? What shoes you getting? I, I'm going to get these ones. All right, cool. I'm going to get these ones. You want to get matching ones? Like, 
and you spent like 40 bucks. It was great. It was fantastic. So pay less, whether you're just liquidating stores to, you know, make the store smaller so that you ain't spending so much money because some of your stores aren't making money or whether you're going out of business. I love you. And this is for my short little tidbit of me loving pay less. Now I want to add in a topic. What's that topic? Uh, I, I think it's people not understanding that some people don't care. So, uh, I was on some post and it was a Christian meme page and it was totally joking. It was a joke page and they said something on Valentine's day. I don't know the, the exact words, but they joked about something, um, considering like purity and now they weren't telling people to go out here and just like give your life to everybody. And, but they said some, and to me, it was funny. It wasn't offensive. But uh, I saw that someone said, hey, really, I'm unfollowing this page. That's ridiculous. Blah, 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 blah. And then I remember going to Facebook after that and North Face did something. Oh, they they made a joke about the wall. And people were like, I'm unfollowing, I'm unfollowing, I'm unfollowing. North Face is not getting my business anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah, blah is because I don't care what they're saying. And... And I mean that in the kindest way possible. <laughs> that sounds so rude. I'm sorry. That sounded so rude. Um, but blah, blah, blah is because I can't remember what they were saying. So, and there's people are saying, I'm unfollowing, I'm unfollowing. Yo, we got to get this. Businesses do not care if you buy their stuff. Well, they do. But if there is one person or a silent majority of people that say, yo, I'm unfollowing you. Businesses, I've never seen a business go, yo, we just lost a follower, bro. Yo. Yo. Um, we gotta change the way we do with the way we do things. I mean, we just lost a we just lost a follower. No. And I get it when we we we're complaining and we but providing Maybe some guidance. Like, hey, this way you guys can get better. But we're just immediately like unfollow because we think people care that we're unfollowing. They're never going to see that comment. They're never going to see that unfollow. They're never going to see that unfriend. They're never going to see that unlike. And so often we say, I'm no longer buying products. I'm no longer in this. You know, these are multi-billion dollar businesses. Multi-million dollar businesses. Some of them. And we think our unfollow is like the hugest thing in the world. And I think that's this interesting to me is we as humans in the social media age, what happens so often is we see ourselves as bigger than we actually are. Why? Because we're all famous. John Bellin has a song and uh, I'm not going to hit the note for you, but he says, life became dangerous the day we all became famous. No one cares if you're happy just as long as you claim it. Oh. Just as long as you, anyway, right? So in that song, when he starts with his life became dangerous the day we all became famous. We're all famous if we want to be, right? We we all have fame that we've acquired. Whether you have 20 followers or, a, you know, 1,500 followers, 2,000 followers, or you have a million or you have the most followers on Instagram. We all have our own following, right? I got about 2,000 followers. And... Do you know about most of those followers? I don't know most of those followers. I don't know who most of those dudes are. 
most of those ladies, I, I, just, I just don't know. I just follow, and I don't even follow back. Like, I just, it's awkward for me sometimes. It's hard for me sometimes. But also, what happens is that I have my own little fame. I have my own little fame. Even if I don't know the person, and even if I don't know the person that I'm following, I have my own little fame. People like my pages. I look, ooh, I got 200 likes. Ooh, I got three. Ooh, I got four. You know, I got all these likes. And I, and I judge people by how many likes and followers they get. And life became dangerous the day we all became famous. Because what happens is when we become famous, we think that our opinion matters more than it actually does. Nate, you're rude. Maybe. But you know what I also think? I think we way too often, way too often forget that people have better things to do than to care about your unfollow or your unlike. And maybe this is just an old man screaming at the wind. But man, maybe if we opened our eyes and saw, whoa, we are not as important. Now, God says we're important. Jesus says we are. Jesus says we we are made by him and we are clothed by him and he loves us and he's made each and every single one of us wonderfully made, fearfully and wonderfully made in our mother's womb. And I and I believe that. I truly do believe that. But in this world full of people who don't believe the name of Jesus, which is tough, but it's true. People who don't believe in the name of Jesus, people who don't know the name of Jesus, these companies that they're not fighting for the name of Jesus. So these companies that are worried about the name of Jesus, your opinion isn't as big as you may think it is. You're important. I don't mean to say that. You are important. But your opinion may not be as important as you think it is. It's true. It's facts. It may not be as important as you think it is. And I know that's a crazy thought to have is, am I not important? No. But maybe our opinions don't need to be shared all the time on social media. I've done this before about social media, so I'm not going to get into all of that. But yeah, those those are my fun topics. Those are my introductory topics. Those are my what's the haps, as you guys know. I tried to do segments, and it just didn't work out for me. So those are my what's the haps. And I think the number one thing that I get out of the what's the haps is we are not as, our opinions are not as important as we may think they are. I promise you that. I promise you that. Sweet. Hey, guys. Well, if you guys could, go ahead and check out this ad, and then we'll come back, and we'll start with Lady Well Young Leader. things I want to talk about. What's the difference between rest and laziness? Why do we define rest as being different than laziness? Well, what do you mean? Well, this is what I mean. I think that we often prescribe moments of rest as laziness and then we often prescribe moments of laziness as rest maybe you're still confused i can remember one day i woke up and i said man i'm resting today so i chilled at home all day played some video games got a little bit of homework done and i was chilling but an argument for that was yo this is rest I am resting. 
But what I found very quickly was I was just being lazy, but I covered it up. I covered it up as rest. I was being lazy. I was being slothful. Like I was tripping, but I said, nah, 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 nah. My laziness, man, that's just rest. I'm just resting. I'm just doing what the Bible has told me to do. Right? And so what's the difference between rest and laziness? And the the, the um, Merriam-Webster definition of rest. Rest is a verb. And here we go. It says to get rest by lay, lying down, especially sleep. The other definition is to lie dead. So I don't think we're supposed to die. But I love this third definition. The second and third definitions. To cease from action or motion. Refrain from labor or exertion. And to be free from anxiety or disturbance. Okay. So so there's rest. To sit to be free from anxiety or disturbance. How often are we free of these things? Uh, how often are we free uh, from disturbance? How often are we actually free from, from, from distractions, from anxiety? And so when we say we're resting, we're actually just not. Because if we're not, the biblical, right? If we're looking at this, if we're looking at this definition, it says to be free. To be free, to rest, to put work aside, to put things aside, to put anxiety of work and disturbance aside, put it down, put it away. He says, Sabbath, take rest, rest in the Lord. Right? So what's the difference? What's laziness? What does that mean? What's the definition of laziness? Hmm. Let's find it. I'm a Merriam-Webster dude. So we're going to have pull that up. Founder, let's go. So laziness, the quality of being unwilling to work or use energy. Idleness. Slothfulness, sloth, shiftlessness, inactivity, inertia, sluggishness, lethargy, languor. These are a lot of words I don't know. Slowness, heaviness, dullness. Hmm. So laziness the quality of being unwilling to work or use energy rest rest is to be free from anxiety or disturbance or to cease from action emotion refrain from labor or exertion okay so we might still be confused on the two different definitions why? Because I think often what we're doing, right, is we're saying, okay, laziness is the unwillingness and rest is just me refraining from. No, this is what God is talking about. The rest God is talking about is not rest from your daily work or physically exhausted when you have worked hard. It's that profound peace that God gives to those who love and obey him regardless of circumstances. It is peace that involves the whole f- the whole Bible. So when Jesus is resting, 
when Jesus is resting, he is, he is resting from motion and we are having peace within ourselves. See, I love that third definition that a worldly source may have to cease any anxiety or disturbance, to refrain from anxiety or disturbance, to be free from anxiety and disturbance. Man, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Man, in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, he says, Come to me and I will give you rest and you will find rest for your souls. Man, the rest is in this world. It's not just a sense of, ah, I'm done, I can take a break. It's a sense of peace in the Lord. Serenity, I love that word, serenity. Rest in the Lord. Do we allow ourselves to rest? Because when we're lazy, we're unwilling to work. We are unwilling to do. I believe when we rest, we are willing to allow Lord, allow Jesus to bring us peace. Allow Lord Jesus to bring us peace. Because, what? again, often what we do, right, is we say, I'm resting, I'm resting, and we just don't do anything. But I believe we aren't resting when we aren't able to be free from anxiety or disturbance. If you are anxious, if you are disturbed, go to the Lord and get peace. See, I think it's funny how the biblical definition that we get for rest Often we look at it and say, oh, don't do anything. Nah, but what he's saying is, yo, 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 you might have to do something, but you're going to need my peace in it. You're going to need my peace. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy because I don't see anything about laziness. Be restful. When you're on Sunday, when you're, when you're chilling with the fam, when you're resting, you're free. From anxiety and disturbance, right? The weekend, that's what that's for, is to be free from the stress and the work of jobs. And some of our jobs, especially youth minister jobs, we sometimes don't get to be freed from that stress. But you say, how I'm resting, but I'm not getting anything. Well, do you have peace? And that would be my question. Do you have peace? Because often we rest, we rest, we rest. We're like, I'm not getting anything. Well, maybe because you're still anxious and you're still disturbed by something. Find rest in the Lord. He says, come to me all who need rest and you will find rest. You will find rest for your souls. You'll find rest for your souls. So rest versus laziness. Obviously, we need to choose rest. But rest isn't just taking a nap and chilling. Rest is finding the peace, man. I have days. We have days of solitude. and It's supposed to be a day of rest, honestly. But it's not a day of sleeping all day. Or a day of playing video games all day. It's a day of being free from the anxiety and disturbance of the everyday work life and my job. I love those days, but I remember the last day I used I didn't really use it as a rest day. I used it as kind of a work and school day. And I said, yeah, I rested. But I didn't rest. I didn't have peace. I was anxious. I was disturbed. So when you find rest, you'll find peace. When you find laziness... You're just unwilling to search for that peace and unwilling to accept that peace. Lead well, young leader. Parents are everything. What does that mean? Yo, we know kids are everything. Kids are our ministry, right? Kids, kids are what we, kids are who we are for. Man, if we ain't for kids, 
we we tripping. I was actually on a podcast, not a podcast, but I was talking to so a couple a couple of podcasters today, and also my dude Brian. We were over the phone, and this this one guy, I think it was Dusty. I was with Dusty, Boss, and Brian, and the idea that we often all have the same mission as youth pastors. We all have the same mission, right? He said he sat on his table and he had three dudes. And these three dudes were going around the table and they're saying, okay, what do you do? And who do you work for? And he says, well, I work for this church and this is my name, this is my job, my identity, my role is is my, my pastor, youth pastor, youth director, whatever it is. And then he went down the line and said, okay, now tell me about what your guys' purpose is. And all of them said to bring Jesus to kids, to bring salvation to souls, to reach the unreached, to reach the unheard, to the the unhearable, like whatever it was, that's what they said. And Dusty stopped him and said, yo, do you see that you guys, we all have the same mission here? And I was like, yo, how often do we do this where we actually have the same mission, but because we're in different places, the mission gets let go. Nate, you're tripping, bro. No, I think we honestly forget that we do have the same mission, that we do have the same heart, that we do have the same goals in ministry. But what we do, what we do so often is that we forget that it's not just to reach the children. We should want to reach the family because Hey, it's cool if I reach the student for Jesus. But if they go home and their mom still doesn't know Jesus, if they go home and their dad still doesn't know Jesus, if they go home and their cousin still don't know Jesus, they may not feel like they know Jesus enough because they people don't know Jesus. So, yeah, they'll come on a Wednesday to me. They'll come on a Sunday to me. But what about when they don't have those times? What about when they don't have those days? What about when they don't have me, per se, to come to? But we forget, we forget every time that people, people want to be met from all areas. Students want to be met from all areas. Cool, I go to my church, I meet Jesus. I want to go home and see Jesus. They want to see it all. They want to see it everywhere. Some people just want to leave it at church. But I I believe a lot of students want their parents bought in to our parents, bought in to their church and the vice versa the church bought into their parents the statistic that i'm reading says that 68 percent of youth pastors their number one struggle is getting they feel like their parents are not bought into the spiritual health of their ministry that's 68 percent of people in the church this is what they say they feel like their parent they feel like the kids' parents are not bought in to the church. Is that true? Is that true, though? 68%. That's a big number. The number one worry in ministry. Right? The sample size, maybe it was a couple thousand pastors. And what we find is, I don't think it's so much parents are interested in spiritual health but are we interested in more than just the kids health as a number 
Are we interested in more than just the kids' health? Are we interested in their sister's health? What, Nate, you're being weird. No, but are we? The whole family's health. Because my biggest struggle in early, when I started going to youth ministry early, was finding that I could go to church and learn about Jesus, but when I came home, it was totally different. And I just wish, I just pray that my mom or my dad would have talked to me about Jesus. But that my, and my pastors did do this. Actually, my main pastor did do this very well. He met my mom again and again and again, right? So he did that well. But my parents knew what was going on, and she kind of asked questions of faith, and I got to pray for her. And that's all because she knew who my pastor was. She said, hey, let's talk about it now. That's what it was. She was like, why are you going to all these things? And I was like, Mom, I love Jesus. And she was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, um, dope. And we got to pray. We got to pray together. We got to pray together. It was awesome. It was so good. Parents. Parents are important. We need to have a holistic view of, of, of student ministry. It's more than just student ministry. I know we're focusing on students and we don't have time per se to focus on everybody. But if we're if 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 this statistic is true, if your biggest fear is to say that parents are being bought into your ministry, are we bought into the parents? Are we having parent nights? Are we inviting parents into youth group every now and then? Are we honoring parents? Are we thanking parents for bringing their kids? Are we doing these things? Because if we're not then we can't be upset, we can't be angry, we can't be hurt when parents aren't bought into the church ministry. Because parents are essential. Parents are the ones that give kids rides. Parents are the ones that are going to help get you pizza. Parents are the ones that are going to help get you get kids to camp. Parents are the ones that are, parents are the ones that are going to change, help change a ministry. Is that true though? Yes. Parents are volunteers. <laughs> There's probably some hidden volunteers at parents that you haven't talked to because why you say parents aren't bought in, but have they been asked to be bought in? Have you invited them in? I know, maybe it's adding another thing to your plate, but my big thing is with my ministry, I'm wanting to start a parent night or like a parent, especially for camp that we have, like parents being bought in saying, hey, join, in, join on this with us. Help your, help your kids fundraise with us. So I'm going to set up a meeting for that so that they can meet and be like, okay, this is what campus. And they can get to know me and know who I am. And what's the heart of ministry? And why is this 20-year-old dude leading this ministry? And know my heart. And then if parents aren't bought in, I can say, hey, I've extended the invitation. I've extended the invitation. Continue to walk with their student, but I've extended the invitation. Right? And I know some of it is parents just think it's free daycare. And that's something that needs to be changed as well. But I believe we can do our due diligence on our side as as well and say, yeah, you know what? Maybe parents aren't bought in, but is it fully their fault or is it something that I'm doing? Or is it something that I'm doing? So I know something to think about, something to think about, young leader, youth pastor, is do you want parents part of your ministry? Because I'm sure you do. And if you do, you're just like me. You are. You're just like me. But now what we need to do 
is we have to make sure that we're bringing health to our parents, that we're inviting our parents into our ministries, and that we are being restful and having peace in our ministries. That's a little twofold topic for you right there. But yeah, I'm telling you, those two things are essential to our ministries. Those two things are essential to who we are as the church. Rest and inviting not just the kid, but the whole family into this this experience that we want our students to know. Because what if we invited parents in and soon parents begin to know Jesus or parents who already know Jesus begin to invite all their kids to know Jesus and their, and their, and their sisters and their brothers and then their brothers start bringing their kids. And youth ministry doesn't just start multiplying. It starts growing outwards. It doesn't just start growing outwards, but I'm saying that it grows inwards inside families. And it's in in legacies are changed from families to say, man, once I thought my mom was gonna die on the side of the street, to my mom's loving Jesus and worshiping with me. I'm telling you, if we can have parents again also on that pedestal that we have for kids, man, this ministry can change. This ministry can be uh, can be great, can be great, great. And hey, and if you have a great model for parents, go ahead and send that to me. Uh, my email is neighbordean at gmail.com. I'd love to share that out to youth pastors um, and share that out to people that are ministering to youth. And so, hey, thank you so much for checking out this episode. I think I think this is one of those episodes where I'm like, wow, that, that's, when, that's what God shared today. That's what God spoke about today. That's what God spoke about today. Such a great, such a great anointing. And honestly, I got a lot of this from talking to those guys I did today and saying, wow, I could have been in the room with these dudes or on the Zoom room with these dudes. Man, I could have gleamed from these guys. It's been great. It's been great. Well, again, thank you guys for sharing this podcast, man. The, the, this week has been shared, 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 shared with my dude, Brendan. It's been great. So I appreciate you guys for sharing the episode And now, actually, this is the first episode that is going to come out at our new drop time, which is 4.02 p.m. What does that mean? That means our podcast will drop Tuesdays, 4.02 p.m. You've already seen the announcements. You've already seen the stories. You've already seen the Youth of the Nation pod. You've seen all that stuff. But they will drop at 4.02 p.m. on Tuesdays. So that's our new drop time because I'm like, man, what if I have people halfway across the world that want to hear this stuff? And they can hear it and then they forget about it. So 402 is a new drop time. So let's go. So 402 again. Or if as long as I I don't I don't know if I can get the exact minute, but I'll try to get 402 as our new drop time. But hey, again, thank you for checking out the Youth of the Nation podcast. You just heard the actual episode 26. And I'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace.